You're now tuned in to the sound of Accra. This is the show where we interview colorful creatives and entrepreneurs from a Ghanaian background or with a special interest to the city, bringing you one step closer to Accra. I'm your host, Adrian Daniels, and on today's show, we're going to discuss media, entertainment, and sports in Accra and beyond. Just to let you know, you can get the show notes for today's show by going to thesoundofacra.com. I hope you enjoyed this one. Sit back, relax, take care. Now, what I have in terms of the show for you today is an action-packed show. Uh, we are going to talk about media. We're going to talk about entertainment, sports surrounding the industry in Accra and I'm going to introduce my guest on this note based on that. None other than my cousin himself, James Brew Amasa, my cousin. He is the uh, founder of Phoenix Creative, a social media agency. Uh, He's a website and social media professional and a media and entertainment analyst and a football fanatic in Accra. James, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Adrian, and Happy New Year to each and every one of you. Happy New Year, or as they will say here, Afishapa. In Ghana, they say Afishapa. Afishapa. Did I get that pronunci- pronunciation right? Yeah, yeah. I did, eh? Yeah, it's Sa. 5%. Okay, I'm sure some of you can hear that I'm trying to speak some tree. I mean, I did, I used to live in Accra. Um, I'm just going to give you a little bit about myself. For those who don't know me, I go by the name of Adrian Daniels. Uh, I used to live in Accra. Um, a very very long time ago so we're talking about 2001 to 2004 Um, I went to school in Accra I went to a school called Morningstar School in Cantonment so it's by Osu in Oxford Street Um, I went there between the age of 11 and 14 you can probably probably predict how old I am but that's cool that's okay Um, and I lived in Accra when I first moved to Accra um the sound of a crowd to me was very, mm, very like, I don't know, jungle-like. It was very rural-like, very, you know, um, yeah, very, I mean, it wasn't a concrete jungle, let's just say that. Um, but over the years, I've seen Accra develop and become what it is now, a, you know, a buzzing city in the West African uh continent um and it's you know becoming one of the top destinations for business for investment for tourism and for music which we'll get into uh later on now i'm back in accra i haven't moved here but i'm in accra now and uh, you know um we're just about to do this podcast with my cousin so let's let's kick it off okay james all right so i mean let's i think let's 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 talk about um Okay, so uh, we just got. We I think we're just on the other side of Afro Nation now. I think I think the hype has died out now. Yeah. We had Afro Nation, you had um, Afrochella, you had the, the Tina Fest. Um, what do you think that did? First of all, um, how was that for you? I, mean, I wasn't in Accra during that time, but how was that for you? When I when when all of these diasporas and all these people i mean i'm hearing seven hundred and fifty thousand visa applications yep yeah that many <laughs> that's crazy yeah um i mean so the the city as a crowd would have got a lot of traffic um first before i go into further deeper into talking about music 
what was your take on that? Do you think that Accra should have been a destination for Af- for Afro Nation or for Chela? Are we are we not built for that kind of infrastructure? If you if you know what I mean. I mean, um, I would say probably it was a bit too soon. Yeah, but considering everything, I think now we are better equipped to handle um, bigger events. Yeah, just probably not three at a go. Yeah, but. Um, culturally I think it had the impact we wanted it brought yeah. a lot of people back in touch with their African roots yeah it brought a lot of um, capital through tourism yeah and um, our musicians had to rub shoulders with some of these guys that other people look up to and mm-hmm. would see that the only difference between what they do now and where these guys are is exposure and that's would have been solved to some extent through their performance uh, Afrochella and Afro Nation and Tina Fest. So I think in the end, it had a very positive impact on the sectors that would have benefited the most from it. Okay, so what you're saying is economically, um, Afro Nation, Afrochella, that benefited the benefited yeah. the city? Yeah, okay. massively. And what do you think that did for the, the the music scene in Accra? So, I mean, I know there was a number of artists. I mean, I don't really follow Afrobeats too much, but I know you had the likes of Sakodi, Shatawale, people like that. Yeah. You know, I think they were involved in in, in this whole season. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think it did for the, the, the Ghana or maybe the Accra music scene? What do you think? I mean, for the, for the established acts like um, Sakodi, Shatawale, yeah. and Co, it, it made them further promote their brand. But okay. I think that people who stood to benefit the most and who actually seized the moments were their upcoming artists. Um, we all probably heard about CJ Bigger Man and how he approached Rick Ross and got introduced on stage yeah. by Rick Ross. I yeah. mean, big ups to CJ Bigger Man. I wasn't a fan yeah. of his before. That. The only exposure I had about him was when he featured on Sack Death Track. Okay. But now I'm going to be listening out for his music a bit more with um, more anticipation and then more joy so to speak yeah but I also think um, what what I would have expected the acts to do was try and get more collaborations behind the scenes with these um, artists not just be content to share the stage with them but I think the best thing that they could have done and probably have done yeah just that we may find out later is there will be more associations with these bigger acts globally and that can only be positive for Ghana and West Africa as a whole because um, yeah, a lot of people have been complaining that we have less um, channels to promote our Ghanaian music even in Ghana but mm-hmm. that's probably why I think Afro Nation and Afro Chala came here in the first place because we have something to offer apart from the venue True. and True. the only side is up yeah because um, with Afro Nation Afro Chala um we had we had these artists, you know, from outside Ghana, but we also had our own Ghana artists as well. Yeah. Um, and in terms of collaboration and things like that, I know you had there were artists who I believe were in the country, you know, you know uh, that had collaborations going on or yep. already had recorded collaborations, but they didn't necessarily jump on stage together, right? No. So I mean, I heard that Shatawale has a song of Beyonce. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I think it was part of the Lion King. Oh, the Lion um, King soundtrack. soundtrack. Oh, so that's where it comes from. Okay. Yeah. Again, I don't follow the music too much, but I know someone told me that was the case. Now, I mean, this leads me. This this segues nicely into the next question. 
So this all these rumors of Beyonce is supposed to coming down for Afro Nation or to Ghana for Christmas period or the year return, um, which I'll probably say for another podcast, the year return is as a as a topic itself. What are your thoughts on that? What actually happened? Did she come? Because I heard she came down and then she went to the Volta region or something very discreetly. Apparently someone spotted a bodyguard and then she must have took off somewhere. But we definitely spotted her mum. Her mum was definitely here because on Twitter I saw... Her mum was here, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Because we definitely spotted her mum on Twitter and someone who worked in the airport, I think, took a picture and put on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Um, So that was interesting. So, I mean... Tell us the truth. What actually happened? Did she come? Did she not come? Was it the ghost of Beyonce? Was it a uh, hologram? Who was it? What was it? Well, I would say probably they were right when they said Beyonce was in town, but I think it was more of um, a personal visit. I think um, they probably just wanted to get in touch with their roots like everybody else, like like Kofi Kingston did in April, but without their fanfare. Okay. Yeah. I think it was more to do with their significance of their year of return rather okay. than their the um promotional aspect of their year of return for her. Okay. So I mean, do you think I mean this is this is probably a question I'll ask you. Um because I said I was gonna go away from the year return, but I think let's bring this year return topic slightly into um the podcast. So do you think the year return Afronation Afrochella, do you think there was too much of a clash? Um, do, you think, do you think that was okay let me rephrase this question James sorry about that Nobody. do you think the year of return distract um, do you think Afro Nation Afro distracted people from embarking on that year of return experience um, I think we probably didn't make the most of it um, considering the whole year yeah but um, I mean the tourism industry seemed to have benefited a lot from me I hear Ghana rigged in like 1.9 billion dollars Wow. Just from like um promoting. So there were two million two billion dollars generated from yeah. this year return campaign? Yeah. That's insane. But I think we could still have done a whole lot more. I mean, um there's a saying that um is trending a lot now, Accra. Like yeah. basically Accra is Ghana, but at the same time Accra isn't Ghana. That's very Ghana true. has a whole lot more. I mean I felt if we really wanted to take advantage of the year of return, we should have promoted more of our heritage sites and yeah. other cultural um, sites. Like um, a lot of Ghanaians are not in touch with what their country has to offer because all they have is Accra. True, very I mean, true. Maybe I agree with you. Schooled in Cape Coast and a few other places, but yeah. basically all we have is Accra. It's very so true. So I think we could have done a lot more, but at least we made a significant effort and we are moving in the right direction okay so that's quite interesting okay I mean we, we could talk maybe maybe we could do another podcast regarding the year return if not with yourself maybe someone else because I feel like that is a topic that needs to get covered but um, I mean let's let's move into team I mean Tina Fest what was Tina Fest you know I mean I heard there was some you know some casualties that took place around there could you fill us in more about regarding how that went down James okay so um, Tina Fest is supposed to be this cultural festival that's the brainchild of Fuse Fuse ODG okay and um, I think this was supposed to be the second edition of it so there was a trip to Akosombo there was a conference at the Accra International Conference Center and then the biggest part for um, fan lovers was supposed to be the events at Labadi Beach okay and unfortunately it's hard to end quickly because 
the stage or parts of the stage collapsed wow on um one unfortunate person i hear he's doing well now yeah. thankfully yeah and um at least fuse and the organizers um came out to whether an apology have helped the guy with his medical expenses have wow. been to visit him in person which is nice to know i mean nobody wants to hear stuff like that at events especially when we are trying to promote our country but it's nice to yeah. know that they at least paid their due respect to the guy and are making sure that he um gets back up absolutely quickly. absolutely i mean i think that kind of testifies to how perhaps ghana wasn't really ready for all of these um festivals and activities i mean i heard for example of africella there was i think there was only two people scanning the tickets um afro nation some of the acts came on very late the yeah. time wasn't managed very well um i had you know a lot of traffic people got out you know and just walked to their homes the destinations i mean i think i saw an instagram by uh copy music and then it was a twitter from a tweet from copy music and then she got out the car or actually she didn't get out the car she tweeted saying oh, i've been stuck in the same spot for an hour yeah that bad it's crazy it's crazy i mean do you think Accra was ready for all of this no um <laughs> not just because of the amount of people okay but i think the biggest problem Accra had was not thinking about how to solve the transportation issue before all mm-hmm. these events because i think if not to not that i want to compare but i of mean course. if it was the uk they have trains yeah they have buses and yeah. then you could drive your cars yeah and then you could also choose to walk if you exactly. wanted to so you had options yeah and the event centers would most likely be connected to at least two train stations or mm-hmm. bus platforms yeah giving people the ease of commuting yeah whereas everybody would either have to drive or be in an uber or bolt or any other alternative to uber and it just it just choked i already choked um driveways because <laughs> people also had to go to work yeah that's true and that's true with the timing and everything it, it, it was unbearable i mean because of that i basically stayed home most of the time during <laughs> christmas because i didn't want to be stuck in traffic I if i didn't have to so. be out as a, as a music fanatic yourself who probably would have wanted to be at those festivals and yeah. these events yeah you born raised in accra couldn't even go yourself nope <laughs> do you think a lot of Ghanaians were in your position um I mean, there are, there are some people who knew their favorite acts were coming. So through Hellfire and Brimstone, they were they had to be there. Yeah. I mean, I know a, part, uh, a particular girl in um, UPSA who is a banner boy freak. I wouldn't even go as far as saying fan. I'll go beyond that. I'll say freak. Okay. Who had to be there. Wow. Wow. Okay. So at all costs. So you yeah. think some people at all costs, they were there. They, they spent money on the tickets. I heard even uh, the VIP tickets weren't really vip tickets i heard you had to be vvip to get anywhere in afro nation is that correct um i had i had rumors about that but um i mean it is what it is i mean Ghanaian events we usually know that vip means it's basically a slightly better seats than popular so <laughs> we're, we're kind of used to it okay so for those of you who aren't familiar with how things work in accra or ghana now you know what vip is so next time you buy the vip ticket to any event in ghana you know exactly what you're getting yourself into so be very careful <laughs> be very aware you might want to go for vvip if possible if you can yeah. afford it. 
Um, and, and he, talking of Ghana, talking of Accra, how do you think the you know the Afro Nations, the Tina festivals, the Afro Chellas, all these events? How do you think, or how do you think? Um, I mean, actually, I mean, what do you? How do you think uh, that's reflected in terms of the state of uh, Afrobeats and Ghanaian music? I mean, what do you think that did for Ghanaian music? Um, I think it, it worked wonders for Ghanaian music because. Um a lot of the crowd were introduced to new songs from yeah. their favorite acts apart from the songs that they were already dying to hear okay. which is only great because it shows that uh, uh, artists are better equipped now yeah. and uh, forward thinking because over the last five years at least the last five years since I yeah. started paying attention Ghanaian acts have been taking their branding very seriously mm. on, the, on the whole and it's, it's nice to see I mean um I know basically um Sharon is more or less like in love with, with Ghana because of the experience he got from Ghanaian acts not the fact that yeah. they were clamoring around him trying to get collaborations but they were happy to show him what Ghana is so they said that he now says his favorite f- meal is watching or something like that because um yeah, Sharon yeah wow because um, I think that's that's to do with Fuse okay <laughs> and then um, I think um um Banner Boy and um Steph London yeah. Also, kind of met around the watcher joints or something, and ended up mad. falling in love. That's would mad. you believe? That's mad. Yeah. So, all of these artists, you know, no matter how big they are, they still love the small local food that we all know and love as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's amazing to know. That's amazing to know. So, yeah. I mean, there you have there you have it, guys. Um, Afro Nation, Afro Chella, Tina Fest. You know, all of the above. I think we now have a better idea of what went down uh, during the Christmas and slightly New Year period. Okay, and we're just going to talk about movies now. So we're going to move on and talk about movies and actors and films. Um, I just got back from, not today, but I mean the other day I went to see... Um, Gold Coast Lounge I think you've heard have you heard about the Gold Coast Lounge film yeah I've, I've heard about it okay yeah so I mean uh, there was a premiere I believe on Friday or Friday and Saturday last week um, I didn't go to the premiere but I went to see it myself in Accra Mall um, it was an interesting movie um, I got recommended by a friend to go and see it I don't know if I should say his name I don't know if he'll kill me but I'm trying to get him in the podcast anyway so shout out to Anya Tay who put me on um trying to get him on the podcast but anyway um very good film i was quite surprised that the whole film was black and white um but i liked um the the poster design i liked the synopsis i liked where they were going with the film i like how it kind of reflects what we have in africa in terms of rivalry corruption and things like that um i won't spoil the film too much for people but essentially it's about um an it was it's about a sibling who owns a lounge bar and things progress in the movie and you know something happens to him and then as a result people within the family and within that circle they start to you know fight each other for the for the bout for the bar essentially and I'll I'll keep it there um but yeah um essentially 
you know I think some of the actors I think are they up and coming some of the actors um, the some are established um, like Ajete Anan has been in the industry since um, Things You Do For Love okay. which was um, at least uh, two decades ago I think I remember that I think when yeah. I used to when I used to live in Ghana I, used, I think I used to see that TV it was a TV show right yeah it was a TV show I remember that TV show I was wondering where I saw him from because I thought he was in Nollywood but then when you when you mentioned that he's a Ghanaian I think I remembered seeing him from something else. I think that's that's it. Things we do for love, yeah. So he's been around the game for a while, isn't it? At least yeah. from early two thousands, because that's when I was living in Accra, and that's when I saw him on TV. Um, but yeah, it was a great film. He was a great actor, by the way. I like child to him, and anybody else who's up and coming. Um, Anthony Wood. Anthony Wood has yeah. been in a few good movies. Okay. For the last two years, at least. Okay. And um, he's somebody who now I have a personal interest in. Okay, and um, I'm always looking out for his new movies. So mm. I see just how dynamic his um, his range is. Yeah. So, wow. hi Anthony, keep doing what you're doing and um, never lose faith. <laughs> You've heard it from James. Excellent stuff. And in terms of, I mean, in terms of the industry, Gallywoods. What's, what's actually happened right now in terms of the existing stars and the and the up and coming stars? Are they getting outshined by the by the up and coming ones, the existing ones? Do they feel like they are left behind now? Um. Well, I'll say the smart ones are accepting their role as veterans and okay. uh, are, are making the most out of it. For example, okay. um, you know how we earlier mentioned um, things we do for love. Yeah. So like for the last five years, there's been a spin-off so to speak, of a called YOLO. Okay. Which has also further gone to introduce new acts okay. but and keep the transition between things we do for love in yeah. place. So, um, Majid Michel is in it. Mm-hmm. Ajete Anang is still in it. Jackie wow. Apia is also in it. Yeah. And they have really significant roles that those who sort of lost touch with them after things we do for love went off air can relate to. Yeah. And at the same time, those who are getting used to them for the first time mm-hmm. through YOLO can fully grasp onto because it's relatable okay that makes sense now that totally makes a lot of sense i mean it's good how some of these films or these tv shows they want to bring the veterans back into things because it does still attract a audience at the end of the day yeah but sometimes you have to pave way and make make space for the up-and-coming people to come through and take the throne eventually True. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, how do you think Gallywoods? For those that don't know who get what Gallywood is, Gallywood is essentially the end, the movie industry in Ghana. You know, like how America has Hollywood and Nigeria has Nollywoods. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Ghana has Gallywoods. That's what we have. And are we still selling? Are we still selling these movies and these CDs that you can get from the shops and stuff? Or have we moved on to MP3s and and uh, YouTube and stuff? <coughs> uh, Kojo a bit of in both. The a bit of both. Um, a bit of both. Okay. I mean, um, Ghana actually has two movie industries. Um, Gallywood for the so-called foreign movies, the English um, dialect-based movies. Okay. And um, Kumawood. Kumawood, okay. For the local dialect, the Akan. And oh, Ga. okay. So that's the truth behind I that. actually just saw a version of Mortal Kombat you would, you would laugh. <laughs> I think I can imagine what it looks like because yeah. I think there was a, uh, a movie called 2016 mm-hmm. from Nigeria. I can't remember from Ghana and then I saw some Mortal Kombat type moves on there which was quite funny. <laughs> 
Okay, that's great stuff, man. So, I mean, there you have it in terms of the Garden movie scene. And I, I know that you're quite a... Sp- I know you're a Raven sports fan. Yeah. You're a Raven sports fan. And, you know, and um, I think that's one thing we... I think, I think other than just being related by blood, I think there's other things we have in common, and that mm-hmm. is in supporting... Manchester United. That's right, man. That's right. Um, I know it's not been a great season for Manchester United, um, but for those of you who are not familiar with Ghana, with Accra, too tough, uh, one thing that Accra has is the sound of raving Manchester United fans, even though some of them have never even stepped foot in Old Trafford, ladies and gentlemen. Myself included. <laughs> my cousin testified. I have, so I can put my hand up to that. Um, I went with my friends Toby and Timmy and Tishé. Shout out to Toby, Timmy, Tishé, the Lodi Armies, um, some of my best friends out there in England. Um, but yeah, we went to, we went to watch a uh, Europa League final Nice. I think uh, Serge, I think it's um, so. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember our goalkeeper. Our our second goalkeeper. Romero. Remember. Yeah, yeah. Romero was in goal, and then we had like uh, people like um, Rashford and Lingard warming up, but we but we never saw them. But anyway, don't wanna get too uh, sidetracked. But essentially, um, United is massive in Ghana. I think probably would you say Manchester United is the is the, is the biggest Premier League team in Ghana in um, terms of su- supporters wise. I'll say Chelsea's ahead of us. Chelsea's ahead. What yeah. since when? Um, what Chelsea? What Chelsea capitalized on was the fact that ACN okay. um, was not just a player for them, but a really good one. Yeah, so it, it attracted a whole lot of people at the right time. Of course, I remember that because I'm even I remember ACN when he was big in Chelsea, and even he went to Real Madrid. That's how big he was. I mean, yeah. I don't think any other Ghanaian player has gone to Real Madrid. Nope. I think Essien's probably. Would you say Essien is the most successful Ghanaian football player so far? Oh yeah, without a doubt, based on just footballing reasons. Yes. Just footballing reasons. Okay, that's fine. And what other Ghanaian players would you say that come close to him or can't or can could could have come close? Um, if it wasn't for the injury oh that says Steven Appiah Steven Appiah because okay. I mean to hold down a starting position in Juventus then yeah with um, Del Piero and Co was yeah. it's no mean feat yeah and what about Quadra and Samoa I think he left Juventus right yeah he's he's underrated because um to play for two of the top three clubs in Italy is yeah. no joke it's no joke I yeah. mean most people can't even get into the stadiums as footballers okay. just as yeah members of the bench or members of the squad Okay. You've been a starter for both Juventus and Inter Milan. Okay. Based on your quality, based on your experience, based on your versatility. Yeah. And you're still you're still doing the job. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Kojo Asamoah is massively underrated for what he does, and Ghanaians are not giving him enough credit. Great, that's that's excellent. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's I think he's a decent guy. Um, but I think I think it's quite I think it's quite um good because. A lot of Ghanaian players have gone to Europe. They've gone to Premier League. They've gone to Syria. Syria. I think there's some in um, La Liga. Yeah, I think there's some that have gone to La Liga or or are in La Liga. Um, it's really good. What do you think the journey is for them, James? To go from what's that? What's the um, the Ghana League called again? Ghana Premier League. Ghana Premier League. To go from the Ghana Premier League to the Premier League and Syria, Syria, all these top leagues across Europe, even America. What's the journey? What's the journey like to get there? It's really difficult. It's it's really difficult to get noticed in this part of the world. Yeah, especially when um, you have to do with everything else that everybody has to go through in Ghana, which is job security or the lack of it. Yeah, 
and um, it's, it's a headache. It's a headache. I mean, imagine having a kid or knowing someone and trying to help him pursue his dream of being a professional footballer in Ghana when there's no money to yeah. send him to an academy or to help him get noticed by scouts mm-hmm. or to probably compile a video um, to get to send to a scout. I mean, okay. it's, it's hard, but to those who've made it and for those who have not only made it but are trying to help others get there. Yeah. Massive, massive respect. Wow. So is that essentially... Hmm, how do I put that? Is that essentially the process for, you think, some Ghanaians would have taken to get to those leagues? You know, it's just being scouted whether online or offline and then it just goes from there. So... Yeah, I mean, some people have even gone... Um, to more extreme options like finding other jobs and hoping to get noticed playing Sunday football or something. Wow. It's, okay. it's, that, it's that hard. So it's tough. So just as tough as it may be in England, it's just as tough in, in, in Ghana here. Yeah. Okay. Probably probably harder here because um, unfortunately the league went on a enforced break. I don't want to get into too many details <laughs> but it went on an enforced break and only just resumed like at the end of December. Really? Why did it go in the break? Um, something to do with the GFA getting dissolved um, okay. due to some um, perceived corruption issues. Okay. So for those that don't know what the GFA is, could you explain to them what um, GFA The is? GFA is the Ghana Football Association mm-hmm. and um, it's the governing body for everything football related in Ghana other than beach soccer. Wow. <laughs> beach soccer. <laughs> I didn't even know beach soccer takes place but now I'm learning that there is Okay, and in terms of the the Premier League, I know the Premier League gets a lot of love, you know, in Ghana, a lot of love. It's probably the most watched sport, sporting event in Ghana. Is that correct? The Premier yep, League. Yep. Out of the no Milan. argument there. Huh? No argument there. No argument there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got basket, but this is the interesting thing, James. Like, I know Ghana loves America a lot, but at the same time, in terms of the most watched sports or the most played sport, it's football and it's the Premier League. Why that over American football, over NBA, over all of these things, which are also popular tennis? Um, you know, if I should if popular? I should sum it up in one word, I'll okay. say relatability. Relatability, okay. yeah. A lot of Ghanaian fans are fans of not just the Premier League but specific clubs because they have players they could relate to. For example, a lot of Arsenal fans were initially there because of Nuanko Kanu. Okay, and then yeah. with um, Lauren and any other um, African acts, um, Adebayo. Yeah, and um, the two rays, um, Colo, and then um, Yaya went to Man City and brought Man, um, fans there True. for them. True, but Chelsea have been the ones to really benefit from the exposure of African players to the Premier League via TV sets because yeah. um, they had Kalu, they had ACN. Yeah. They had Ma, um, Maluda of French of of French origin, yeah, but did. African descent. African descent. And then um, so many. I mean. I, I'm pretty sure I've missed like six African players who've played for Chelsea. It's, it's been that many. Yeah. It's not like they were just adding up to the numbers. They all had really important roles to play for the class, which just made us love them more Excellent. or love to hate them more, depending on whether they were against your club or for your club. Excellent, yeah. And I remember that um, Marcel Desai, even though he lives or, or he's or he was playing in France or lived in France or whatever. He's, he's Ghanaian, isn't he? He's yep, Ghanaian yep. He, and he's here. He's got a house here and everything. He loves it. Yeah. I think he's back and forth. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a Ghanaian as well. Um, what do you think about 
some of these players now who are now kind of starting to retire and come back to Ghana you know do more things in Ghana I think Essien's trying to do more for Ghana right yeah um, Essien and um, I think Asamajan um, are trying to do a whole lot I mean I know for a fact that Jan has built um, um, ultra modern um, AstroTurf um, pitch yeah for his um Mesa Accra Academy okay and I know he's doing more He's way more for not just sports in yeah. Ghana, but business. Business. Because, um, I think he has a he has a boxing um, club. Or okay. Is club the right word? He has a boxing promotion, mm-hmm. and um, I think he even has his own airline. Would you believe? <laughs> yeah. The summer John. Yeah. Well, I mean, so yeah. I mean, he's he's doing a lot. Okay. I mean, I didn't know he had his own airline. I think he is his own uh, academy. Is it called Baby Jet Academy or something like that? Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it will make more sense because he's promoting the Baby Jet brand. Yeah. True. Yeah. So I, I think it will make more sense that he keeps the academy under the same brand name. Yeah. But I mean, why would he have his own airline? I, I mean, I don't think he's making that much money. I mean, he's pretty much retired, right? Yeah. From from uh, the club football. From maybe. at least for sure, he's retired from club football. Yeah. Because you don't see him play anymore, and I think he played in Saudi Arabia, or whatever, just for money. Just for money. And he left Sunderland. He was doing pretty well there a long time ago. Yeah. That was funny, man. Ajif, how furious were Ghanaians when he left the Premier League for Saudi Arabia and Dubai, etc.? Personally, I was shocked. Um, I can't really say I'm over it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you were playing for Sunderland. I heard a few rumors that clubs that are often in the Champions League were scouting because of the amount of goals and assists he was getting at Sunderland. And the next move you make is to uh, somewhere in Dubai. It, it didn't make business sense to me till I heard how much his contract was worth. Yeah. And at first I was like, why move for money? But I'm pretty sure he had a lot of good reasons. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's something I never understood. But I mean, I think it was clear that the more he went on in his career as Samajan, I think the more we understood that he was in it for the money. Yep. And obviously, we all know that Africans love money, black people love money. Well, I mean, that's the typical ones anyway. And I mean, I don't think he's, I don't think he's, shout out to Samajan anyway, but um, I feel like he's wasted money sometimes as well. I mean, did you see the house he built in Accra? Yeah, um, it's actually pretty close to where I live. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we can probably see his house from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where I am. Yeah, I think it was a wasted project. People cussed him on YouTube saying his house wasn't that great, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what did you think of the house? Did you see it? On um, I saw it. I saw it. And, um, I mean, sometimes I try to relate with them. I mean, you usually look for what you don't have. Yeah. And when you grow up without having a lot, yeah. You strive to get so much more it's than true. you it's need. True. So, it's true. I mean, sometimes I have some understanding, but at the same time, when you're supposed to be a role model to others, I'm scared about the picture you're painting for them. Yeah. Because I've heard of a lot of Ghanaian legends who didn't properly invest when they were getting regular streams of income, especially yeah. from sports, and they've lived to regret it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you wouldn't imagine. want that to be the story for the new generation of Ghanaian footballers coming up. So, mm-hmm. at least if they see how well you've invested from your active playing days, it just might change the culture of having to live large. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some of these plays, you know, the, the, they buy all these 
big cars, these chains, and I think a lot of the players they they've been influenced by what they see on TV. Yeah, you know how some of these um, celebrities or music artists to use their money and they've tried to emulate that which is quite sad but I mean let's not forget that there are other players who do put their money to good use I mean not even just Ghanaian players um, I mean you, you have you know like people like uh, Ngolo Kante yeah. Sadio Mane Mohamed Salah who actually use the money for, for better things to yeah, I mean, progress the nations I mean the, the biggest example I've heard of is Mane I mean, yeah. um, I think he donates about half of his weekly salary to his village in Senegal. Wow. And basically, is he's he's striving to redevelop the place. I mean, he's built wow. a stadium for them. I hear he wow. donates money to each and every family. Wow. Regularly. Not like just um, as and when. He does yeah. this often. And um, when you bring that back to Ghanaians, um, Christian Achu for Newcastle. Okay. I hear he's taking this upon himself to rehabilitate um, prisoners back into society in mm. Ghana. That's good. Which is huge. I mean, maybe we won't see the impact now, but in a few years, we would be really happy for what he's doing. Because a lot of these people are probably um, incarcerated for mistakes or for being in um, unfortunate situations. So they could be of use to society if you just guide them yeah. in the right direction. Otherwise, as soon as they come out, they're just basically going back absolutely absolutely um, I mean it's good to hear that some you know not all Ghanaians are squandering resources that not all Ghanaians you know have you know made the bad decisions but there are some that are doing good and they're making change of, with the resources they have and with the opportunities they've been given yeah that's amazing stuff okay and I hear that in the Ghana Premier League that you know there are teams named after the almost named after the the English Premier League like Chelsea yeah Barricum Chelsea we have Chelsea we have Arsenal and somewhere lower in the divisions we actually have Manchester United and Bayern Munich yeah (laughs) that's interesting that's really interesting that's quite funny I mean and that just shows you how much um, Ghanaians here um, admire the Premier League as one of the, the as I said before the, the most popular sporting events in Accra that, that's followed in, in terms of in terms of having a f- following having a following how many Ghanaians roughly do you feel like they follow the, the, the Premier League I mean population wise how many mm, how many Ghanaians see. do you think follow how, many, how much would you um, estimate at least 8 million um, I'll say at most 15 million but at least 8 wow. million so probably at least half the Ghana population yeah. perhaps yeah. follows the Premier League that's staggering results that's staggering numbers and that just shows you why the Premier League is as big as it is and why it's generating the revenue it is because you know there's people like us out here in Ghana who really admire the Premier League that's amazing okay and James um, what what comes to you um, when someone talks about Accra you know what comes to mind what places food people things come to mind when when someone mentions Accra I mean what is the sound of Accra to you okay I'll say the sound of Accra is one of hustle and dreams yeah where everybody's trying to make sure that his today is better than his tomorrow yeah oh sorry better than his yesterday yeah and making sure that his tomorrow is something that has green grass in front of him let me yeah. let me use that expression and everybody is trying to promote Ghana to some extent without actually knowing it because um, whilst you're trying to do good for yourself and by your family yeah, you want your friends to do well as well 
and if yep. everybody helps we do get better and you on a large scale you do see people helping others whether they have it or not you do see people really trying to lift others yeah. in our crowd so it's it's a lot of hustle about dreams as well i like i like how you put that all about hustle not just hustle but also dreams i mean it, i think it's a nice kind of oxymoron there yeah you know um what's actually quite funny is i heard that um T.I. when T.I. came the, the American artist T.I. came I heard I think Cardi B as well but I heard when T.I. came I think they were filming some parts of Hustle and Flow the, the film the sequel to, I think the first one's really good but the sequel to Hustle and Flow is uh, I don't know if you heard about that yeah okay I, mean, I, 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 I watched the first one I hadn't quite figured out why he was in Ghana but now that you've added this it makes a whole lot of sense it makes a lot of sense just because I think Accra can give that vibe I think that's one of the many vibes Accra can give that hustle that flow that I've got to achieve my dreams kind of thing you yeah. know what I mean um, but yeah I mean there you have it I mean that is Accra essentially it's one part as one flavour of Accra you would get and what's one tip or uh, re- recommendation you make to someone who has never been to a car who or who really wants to come to a car that you would give to someone if the person actually has Ghanaian friends I would, I, I would advise that they take them to what makes Accra tick go to the people yeah get get the experience as an everyday Ghanaian would get not um, what like the tourism agencies will show you that's yeah. how you would truly appreciate what Ghana and Accra yeah. have to offer. Brilliant. And the person doesn't have Ghanaian friends, yeah. by all means, do experience the tourism agencies' um, packages yeah. and um, try and see if you can explore for yourself. You, you would enjoy it that way if you do <laughs> actually have the chance to explore. Okay. Thank you, James. I think you've been brilliant on the podcast. Thank you for, thank you for um, taking time out to be in be on the show anytime bro and uh I, f- I know you have a social media agency and a web agency that's probably for another podcast that we'll probably have to save for the future um would you want to come back in the future we can talk about that oh yes great 100%. stuff and uh, how can people get in touch with you how can people find out more about your agency and what you do etc what's the best way okay so um i'm very active on social media um, on Facebook and LinkedIn, I'm James Remisa and my company is Phoenix Creatives. And I have a blog called The Brew Show. Okay. But on Twitter and Instagram, it's Phoenix Creatives and The Brew Show 3690. Um, I added my date of birth to the handle just so that it has a personal touch. Brilliant. Okay. I like how you did that. Um, for those of you who are wondering how to spell out Phoenix Creative, don't worry. We'll have it on the show notes. Um, so in, in terms of getting the show notes, um, you can either visit London to Accra.com forward slash the sound of Accra, or you can visit the sound of Accra.com. Okay. Well, I've been Asian Daniels and I was joined with James Ramisa. And until then, we'll speak to you in the next one. Take care. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Take care. So that was episode two with James Brew Amissa. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Uh, Just a gentle reminder, you can get the show notes for today's show by going to thesoundofacra.com. Got a question? 
or you know someone who'd be great for the show, drop us an email and we'll see what we can do at info at the sound of Many more episodes to come. Hope you're enjoying the ride and we'll see you next time. Take care.